Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, uh, Kate, I, I stopped by your house today and, uh... It looks a little different. Yeah? Yeah. You're, you 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 did something to the front. I can't put my finger on it. I, I mean, I did a couple things. I mean, are you talking about the 10-foot the spider? Or mm-hmm. are you talking about the bloody handprints on the door? Or mm-hmm. are you talking about the graveyard? Or, oh, oh, you must be talking about the ghosts that are projected like onto my windows? Is that what you're talking about? I was talking about the pumpkin. You have a cute little pumpkin oh, right I by I the... a cute little pumpkin. It's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Um... No, no, I was actually talking about your projected ghosts, which are the freakiest darn thing. If folks want to go to Kate's Instagram account, I'll put a link to it in the show notes and you should see. I'll just give you a video for you to post. Okay, just give me a video to post because it is freakish. And why is it freakish, Kate? Um, because our penguinologist is really good with projections. <laughs> that is correct. And also it is the spooky holiday season, Kate. It's and, my favorite. Uh, and what do, what do we do on this here podcast during the spooky holiday season, Kate? Talk about pumpkins and children's books? Getting warmer. Yes, actually, that's completely correct. You're as warm as you could be. Yes, we talk about children's books and we talk about spooky children's books, specifically in the month of October. And today's spooky book comes with a prize. And that prize is none other than the one and the only, the Newbery Honor winning Christian McKay Heidegger, author of Scary Stories for Young Foxes. (laughs) That was was my intro for you. That's the best intro I have ever received. It's so funny because I was going to come in and say, uh, and can I win this prize? <laughs> and, then, and then I had to imagine winning myself, and I, I wasn't too disappointed. <laughs> you would, you, you already won yourself. That sounds like a Glinda thing to say. Like, you had the power to win yourself all along. Wow, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, already, already learning lessons that we haven't even cracked the book open yet. It's incredible. We haven't even introduced the book yet. That's I how know. that's how hardcore we are. So Kate, <laughs> why don't you? We're in separate rooms, but why don't you turn the book that you've hidden behind your back around, and I'll do the Buddha Buddha Buddhas. What's the book, Kate? Oh, the Berenstein Bears and the Spooky Old Tree by. Stan and Jan Berenstain. I feel like we've gone over this before, but is it Berenstain or Berenstain or Berenstein? So funny, funny story. There's a there is a legit theory that the universe split at some point and that suddenly we ended up on a timeline where their name has always been spelled Berenstain. But people will swear to you. No, when I was growing up, it was Berenstain. That's their name yeah that's and no th- there is no time at which their name has ever been berenstein but that no. is what everyone remembers so clearly the universe split in two i i can i can clear this up uh once and for all oh good please do yeah yeah, yeah. 
Because I I am from Dimension Bernstein, and oh. uh, over there, uh, I had not won a Newberry honor. <laughs> so I I did some you know some uh, searching some blood sacrifices can we talk about blood sacrifices on a podcast about we can always talk about blood sacrifices okay yeah like a lot of you know uh graveyard work is we Mm -hmm. call it hopped on over and i feel bad that i i kind of created that rift but i'm very happy personally yeah the thing (laughs) and isn't that what's important (laughs) after all Exactly. And you know what? If the worst thing that happened from that split is that we pronounce Baron Stain now, I don't think that's the worst thing. I, Maybe. I wasn't going to get into any of like the other horrible things that are happening <laughs> in that dimension. Those were all happening in the other dimension, too. Yes. Yeah, I, exactly. I didn't cause those. <laughs> okay, not your fault. You you were only solely responsible for the Baron Stain yeah. Yeah. mispronunciation. I understand. It makes sense. So, Kate... You're going to take that book. You're going to read that book. And it's not going to take you all that long. And we're going to see you back here. Okay. All right. Bye. So let me, why don't I ask you a little bit? Like, what is your personal connection to this book? Uh, Huge inspiration. Uh, My mom read this book to me over and over again when I was little. Uh, And I I genuinely think that it, it woke up spooky rhythms inside of me like whenever i i am pacing out a sentence or a paragraph i think about this book genuinely uh i think i've read this book literally hundreds of times i taught in japan for a while i taught english in japan and this was the only book that one of the schools had (laughs) so (laughs) so i read it a lot and i was not disappointed so I was a, a member of a storytelling troupe, and one year we were going to put on a big Halloween show. And uh, I was one of the leaders of the troupe, and so I told everyone that we were going to make these scary. Like, I didn't want them to be just kind of, you know, like chilly Halloween or like, ooh, that's sort of spooky. I was like, I want you to dig deep. And uh, so we all went home, and we all wrote our stories, and we all disturbed ourselves and each other like way too much, like way beyond what I had ever envisioned for this thing. And one of the members, a dear friend of mine, was so disturbed by my story that she was like, I'm out of the show. I can't do this. <laughs> oh, the yeah. compliment. And we were three days away from the show and we had been editing and practicing for months. And so I was like, whoa, 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 listen, I... I, I really want you here. I, I adore your work. I adore you. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to write a new story right now. And so three days away, I went home and I was like, all right, I got to brighten up this horror show that I created. <laughs> and, and I remembered the Berenstain Bears. So I... I I was like, okay, well, I don't want to rip them off too bad. So I turned them into foxes, little fox kit, and uh, did just um, an homage to the Berenstain Bears and wrote these stories in a way that I thought would be appropriate for foxes. 
and read it at this show, like worked my heart out on it for, you know, 72 hours. And everybody came to me and was like, that's the best thing you've ever written. Never write anything else again. (laughs) (laughs) So, and he never did. Never will. (laughs) Um, And, and so I, yeah, I, I brought that idea to my agent. He helped me make it a little bit more commercial Mm -hmm. uh, by making the, the Fox stories more scientifically accurate and not making it a short story collection more as a novel so I wrote that book and then when I went back and wrote the frame story where, you know, little foxes are hearing these stories from an old storyteller. Oh, I, yeah, I returned to the Berenstain Bears and... They uh, sneak out of the house at night. Yep. The mom seemingly doesn't know that they're out, but exactly. the back does. And yep. oh my gosh. Yeah. And I kept... One talking. by one, they disappear. Yep. yeah 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 yeah. i mean this is one of those things right where it's it's uh steal but hide your source as well (laughs) (laughs) very well i doubt there's a soul alive who read scary stories for young foxes and thought to themselves wow this is just a rip off of spooky old tree i demand my money back kate you are back hello you read a book uh well yeah i guess <laughs> what's that supposed to mean i mean there's not that many words no so there's it's an easy book kate you're learning to read by reading this book. easy yes <laughs> william carlos williams is rolling in his grave <laughs> okay kate so, so you're just gonna have to take it from the top on this one okay so you got these three bears mm-hmm one of them has a, a flashlight, one of them mm-hmm. has a stick, and mm-hmm. one of them has a rope. Yeah. Now, here's what I don't get. Number one, why are they I'm bringing on the edge a... of my seat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are they bringing a stick into the forest? To I'm hit pretty... things with, Kate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could find better sticks than the twig that she's got. I'm just saying. I am checking your uh, research here, Kate, and the twig... <laughs> <laughs> that, that you are referencing is a twice her height. It's just B, like what a foot. <laughs> it's all she can carry, Kate. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. The, the handle of a pool cue. You know what she's going to be carrying is food. Like someone has to be in charge of snacks. That's way more important. Well, let's this is a midnight run. Okay, for, first of all, you said that it went by too quickly. No, this adventure was very long. I don't want to spoil anything, but this this stick literally, this twig literally saves one of them from getting. Oh, that's true. It does does play a a role. The size of the stick also changes. Like in the very beginning, where it says three little bears, it's her height. But then you flip the page, and it's like somehow grown three inches. Maybe it's an extendo stick. Well, and another thing that's weird is that they leave the house when the sun is up. Like, you can see the sun, you can see the flashlight is not on, they clearly can see where they're going, and then once they get to the forest, boom, flashlight comes on. So how long of a hike was it? Interesting. Hmm. So I read these pages, and I hope that readers at home are following along, that this is is the light from the top of their treehouse just 
like making it look a little more sunshiny, but that is the moon in the background and they're just lending some warmth to being next to Mama Bear and the treehouse before you turn the page. So and she's letting her kids go away. out at the middle of the night to die? <laughs> <laughs> Because maybe it's a rite of passage. Maybe this is something all bears must go through in order to become yeah. fully grown bears. So they get to this tree, right? So I'm thinking, why would they want to go into a tree? Like, if a tree looks super scary, what makes you go, I want to get in that. <laughs> I want to get in that right now. You know, you said they didn't pack snacks. There is a theory I have that they're, because we don't know what their ultimate goal here is. It's never stated. It could be food. They could be looking for honey. So I think of this as actually like an abandoned derelict mansion. When I was a kid, yeah, they they live in a tree. When and yeah. obviously when you get in there, there are old uh there are old stairways and armor and, and all of those things. And when I was a kid, abandoned house, I was in that thing. That makes sense. So they're exploring so they're exploring the the, the abandoned house of some bear of the past. Right. Spoiler alert. Not abandoned. Just <laughs> that's, um, we'll get to that. That's the most confusing aspect but, for me. Like, of this okay, book. so I'm at the part where they, there's stairs, right? So I'm thinking, wait, why are there stairs? What is this someone's home that they just broke into? And why is there a bayou <laughs> in the bottom of this tree? Because there is a bayou. Yeah, I don't understand. And then you got like a Disney crocodile trying to kill him, which I'm okay with, but. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, of all the trees in the forest, how did they get lucky enough to pick the one with the staircase, with the giant key, with the moving wall, with the freaking fireplace? I think their mom told them. Honestly, I think their mom's in on the whole thing. They go through this moving wall in which they come across these, like, knights in armor with some mushrooms coming out of the floorboards and i feel like betsy didn't we do a book where there were some spurs and then the spurs went missing you have like one of the knights has spurs and then one of them doesn't so <laughs> you are always on spur watch that's your I'm just thing saying, be consistent with your <laughs> illustrations it's not that hard first of all i think you have to rename your podcast spur watch Oh and my gosh, yes. All, uh, Kate, Betsy told me that you were a studier, that you lo like looked at every little bit of the artwork very closely, and yeah. you you do not disappoint. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> True. Well, when, when the knights, I don't know what you call that, the, when their weapon falls to the ground and splits the twig in half, Mm. There's a little mouse on the left that's like poking out of the floorboards, and he's he's my new tattoo. I've decided. Oh, good, we found yeah. one. He's Kate so always cute. chooses a tattoo for, in the art of some detail, and uh, and we have found that's it. This great. Way. Don't be weirded out when I actually get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an idle thread, Kate. I'll give you twenty bucks if you do it. <laughs> okay, so when I when I ask them how much it costs, I'll deduct that and then decide. <laughs> just send me over the invoice for twenty bucks. <laughs> just Venmo it. So they get past the the weapon, right? And so now you got two of them shivering, and they decided, okay, so there's this giant naked bear. Yeah, it's the naked part that gets me. And okay, so the the three. Berenstein bears are wearing clothes. They're wearing like 
pants, suspenders, shirts, and then they come across a giant naked bear. So is this the equivalent of crawling over a giant naked human that you come across? Not exactly, because they got fur, right? So, or is it like a, a goofy Pluto paradise? Yes, paradox? I think we're in goofy Pluto areas here. I think so too. Yeah, Although, because it's ass- I mean, it acts like a bear, <laughs> which is unnerving. Yeah. yeah, I also think that a giant naked man that was climbed over by three children <laughs> while taking a nap could also act semi bearish. Well, to, <laughs> yes. to be fair, they, this poor bear spent so long like carving the staircase and collecting the knights in armor, and he had like a whole home going on, and then all of a sudden these three brats break into his home, ruin his stairs, ruin his floors. Of course he's upset, and they ruined his nap. So, okay, so yeah. it's at this point that I have to bring up my son's theory about the book. Um which, first of all, he pointed out that the bear, I asked him, is the bear not the owner of the home? Is the bear the last security system? Because if you'll notice, he's Ooh. blocking a cave and that they never get to. They're climbing over him to get to it, and it seems that they don't make it um, because we've traced that final map many times. And there, he appears to have blocked them from going down whatever was down that tunnel. So who knows what that was? My son said that he thinks that the bear has a really good security system already in place, that that is definitely his home. But he said that this plays like a video game in so many ways where you have to beat each level and then he's the big boss. And I I thought that was very true. That's phenomenal. Well, I'm with the bear and I hope that he eats him. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cannibalism? It's really unclear. But here's what I don't understand. You're looking at this giant tree. There it's the it's on the page where it says up a ladder, through the floor, down a slide, and out a door. And in this tree, there's a shield I with eyes on it. I don't understand why there's a shield. Yeah, yeah. Is is that part of the shield's design? Are there invisible creatures with visible eyes on there? Oh, like what when you're in a, in a house and there's like a painting yeah. that's watching you and there's someone behind the painting? Yeah. All I know about it is that my mouse tattoo will be holding it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. $25 for you, good sir. <laughs> the price is going up. So, but this is, okay, so you remember in the beginning when I said the sun was out and then all of a sudden they have to turn on the flashlight and I didn't understand quite how long of a trek it was to get to this forest? Well, you see the three little bears running fast back to their home. Um, It's like maybe 20 feet away. So why did it take them so long to get from the house to the forest in the first place? They took the scenic route. (laughs) Meaning the opposite direction? Maybe they're terrible at directions. I don't know. Or maybe the back door is closer than the front. No, that doesn't make sense. It's a tree. Also, they get out right below where they went in, practically. So well, at the very end, it says, home again, safe at last. And I'm like, are you kidding? That bear just saw where the kids live, and now he's going to break <laughs> into their house and hopefully eat them. The end. <laughs> Bear, do, do I sense some fanfic coming from I you? Think, I think the answer is yes to that. Okay, yeah. good. I want to read it. Okay, so, Christian, you have to tell us uh, what your theory is going on. Okay. So, I think that this encapsulates every tiny kid's adventure, 
where they go out and they go away from their house for like 15 minutes. <laughs> the things that they see are beyond description because their tiny little bear brains are just ignited with imagination and like every shadow, every creek, every like, you know, hulking bush is something way bigger and way crazier than it is. I like your theory and I think your theory holds up, it, particularly if you look at the cover and if I'm looking at the right cover here, I mean, there it, it shows the three of them with their flashlight on the tree. The tree looks very ominous, but it's just a tree, man. Uh, may I also say, because we blew past this and I feel like it it's worth exploring, that up a ladder, through the floor, down a slide and out a door might be the only deus ex machina that I've ever not hated. <laughs> It is very Scooby-Doo. Well, and we don't even talk about the fact that on that up a ladder through the floor page, they drop the flashlight. So, yeah. oh, that's when they lose the light. Okay, yeah. that's Never right, because that. all three have to have the shivers by the end. A perfectly so. good flashlight. Yeah, no, it was a perfectly good flashlight. Well, now it's the now it's the naked bears. <laughs> this, this final page where Mama Bear is smiling down at them, she doesn't yet realize that they have lost all the things. That cost <laughs> so much money. I was that kid. I was the like lose three parkas in a year kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leave them on the bus. You know, the binoculars were just gone, man. They were just gone. All right, I think we got to do our little ratings time here. So okay. uh, ratings time, folks. Uh, Christian, you're our guest. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you begin here? Well. <sighs> See, I was just going to say 10, but then add however many points Kate was under 10. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. <clears throat> and I, when I reread this today, I was trying to be fair and balanced. Uh, however, I, I mean, I, I can't deny, you know, that I read this when I was four years old and it shaped my story mind and who I am as a man. Um, but, oh, just but that. I still think that there's, there's not, there's not a lot to contend with it personally. I think it's a perfect little story. I like how many layers there are in it. I love like the, the hazy fog that they draw. I haven't seen that in many children's books since. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I was telling you, Betsy, when we were discussing it, just the rhythms of it are written in my heart. I give it a 10. Easy. All right. Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Me next. So I, I love it. It's great. Um, am, am, I, am I at a Christian level of love? I am not. Um, that's nothing against the book. It's a good book. It's a fun book. And of the Berenstain Bears easy books, and I know we have a rule, you can't compare a book to another book. But if I were, I would point out this one's the best. Um, even yeah. Bears at Night uh, doesn't that's hold all yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to this one. Um in part because it it has the spooky elements that the kids love and and the and it is a legit good easy book. Um if we're talking about books that kids are learning to read on, this is pretty perfect in terms of the word choices, the levels. Uh it's a great book to learn to read with because it really holds your interest. Um so uh, but you're gonna think I'm low, Christian, but for me this is this is pretty high. I'm a, I'm a seven point five. Wow. Great. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kate. 
Okay. You're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean, yeah, the text is minimal because it's, I guess, an easy reader. That's the illustrations are fun. Um, it's certainly much better than that bully book you gave me. Oh, we did um, the Berenstain Bears and the Bully, which isn't, is that Ooh. the lowest rated book we've ever done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's I think this terrible. is fun for, you know, around Halloween time, but what are we teaching kids here? To break into someone's house, ruin their things, and get away scot-free? Is that what we're, is that what we're teaching them? And I mean, steal anything. It's, they never had yeah. a chance. They never got past the bear. Right, yeah, and just crawl over a naked man. So I'm giving it a four. Ooh, a four. That's a okay. low one. But with all the ratings combined... It's over a five. It's, so it's a, a classic. classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Christian, you, what were you saying about the Berenstains just a second ago? So one time I was, uh, whenever I go to a bookstore with a person, I always really like to show them all of my favorite picture books. And uh, one time I brought a friend and they made this disgusted face at the Berenstain Bears. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what are you, are you kidding and they were like, well, I just have a problem with all of the heavy Bible messaging. And I was like, oh, what? Heavy yeah. Bible messaging? <laughs> and I had never seen that. In fact, I think I might have realized today that Spooky Old Tree is the only Berenstain Bears book I've ever read. <laughs> other, than, <laughs> other than Bears in the Night. So, um I should okay. say there are two runs of Berenstain Bears. One is the Christian publishing wing, and then one is the regular Berenstain ring. They happen simultaneously. Um, I think Zonderfan does the Christian ones, and then HarperCollins does the regular ones. Um, yes, and, and this was this only started in the 90s, at least, um, possibly even later than that. I once told someone who knew Mike Berenstain, uh, when he was younger and she could not believe it. She was like, no, I was like, no, no, dude. They're like uber duber Christian now, <laughs> but not all of them. That's the confusing thing. So you can choose if you want Christian Berenstains or not. Um, it just depends. And I should, I should put in a plug. Uh, I will include it in the show notes. There was a marvelous Berenstain Bears podcast where they go through every single Berenstain Bears book, a whole like crew of people together and to the point where they have created an understanding of the entire world of the Berenstain bears, the neighbors, the care, like that is remarkable and frightening. Um, so I, I, I recommend it. All right. Uh, I think we're going to skip letters this week. I think we're going to go straight to, to grown up things we like. Kate, do you want to, do you want to kick us off here? Sure. So I had our brother over, I think it was last week, uh, for games, and he introduced me to a video that is hilarious. It's on YouTube, and it's if you look up AH Animated, Gavin explains the Star War. It's these <laughs> group of guys who, uh, I guess they record, I think, a podcast, and they decided to animate one of their conversations about this and this guy who he's trying to understand what star wars is about (laughs) and it's extremely entertaining no i wouldn't really show it to your kids unless they're like i don't know over 13 i guess Mm -hmm. but um it's it's very funny gavin tries to explain the star wars universe 
And with the whole phrase of um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is like blowing his mind. And it's and it's <laughs> it's animated. It's very funny. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. Excellent. Um, I'll go, I'll go next here. Um, have either of you guys heard of Nanaimo bars? No. No. Okay. You know why? Because you're not Canadian. That's why. And I had not heard of them until our last cookie exchange at work. But then I'm watching, uh, we'll call it S Creek, that delightful television show. And a neighbor comes over with a whole bunch of Nanaimo bars. And suddenly I was like, oh, I have had those. Okay. If you have never had one, they are delicious. They And I hate, I will say right now, I hate coconut I don't care how you use it or where Aww. you put it. I loathe coconut, coconut, and this uses coconut, and it's wonderful. It can convert Whoa. the coconut haters of the world. So um, <laughs> the whole reason they're called Nanaimo bars is that they come from the city of Nanaimo, British Columbia. They consist of three layers, a wafer, uh, a, a nut and coconut crumb base, and a custard icing in the middle um, with a layer of chocolate ganache on the top. It's just mwah. They are horrendously addictive, and I'm thinking of possibly baking them soon. So that that is my thing. Christian, do you have a do you do you have a grown up thing you like? Speaking of unbelievably uh, delicious baking treats, I am uh, pretty smitten with the new host of Great British Baking Show Aww. right now. Oh um, yeah, he's so funny. He is and, and yeah. so amazing. Um, I unfortunately am, uh, lactose intolerant and gluten intolerant. So I mostly just watch that show and suffer a lot. <laughs> I, then again, I, I don't wear dresses, but I also really love Project Runway. So I really like the creation of things that I don't tend to participate in. <laughs> I was watching a glow up, which is about makeup artists and like, I a loved it. Yeah, it's really good. And I don't even know the difference between like foundation and concealer. So I really admire their work. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I think that's the the third uh, uh, reality show that I've ever gotten into. And I got into it recently. And it's great. Also on Netflix. You should check it out. Yeah. Very good recommendations. Well, kids, we did a good job. I think we've we've uh, we've spookied this old tree as far as this old tree can be spookied. Christian's got some uh, tattoos he's got to start yep. working on. Yeah, it's uh... on his to do list. I'm sure. Yeah, well, not disappointed. Right, and I'm sure Kate, you're writing down. You know, I owe you twenty five dollars for when that happens. <laughs> got to see it to believe it, man. Got to see it. <laughs> well, Christian, thank you so much for being our guest and for joining yeah, us here today. You. This was an utter delight. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you. So nice to meet you, Kate. You too. Talking to you, Betsy, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our spooky old Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.